All right, it is the Draft Zone Season 2 Holiday Special. We're diving into Home Alone today. I'm Connor Taylor. With me is Patrick McCabe. How are you today, Patrick? How are you enjoying this uh, kind of weird Christmas? I don't, I don't know if your family's doing anything or what, but I know it's a weird. There is some aloneness in this this holiday season, I guess. Good pun on words. Um, yeah, it's been. You know what? It's been weird. Uh, it's we've been home for about a month now, a month and a like a day now. So it definitely hasn't. Doesn't feel like it's gone by already. Um, you know, in two weeks, like two, three weeks, we're going to be already back on campus. Very, very weird set of circumstances, but you know, it's been good to get home. Um, we are not doing anything for Christmas, unfortunately, kind of, you know, trying to stay as safe as possible before I go back. So yeah, but no, I can't, can't complain. It's been good, good break so far. Yeah, it has been a pretty good break and it's, it's a long one. So it's kind of weird. But I, I'm excited for this holiday season, even though it's it's going to be weird. But we can, we can jump into our topics of the day. Christmas movies are obviously everyone has different rankings, and these will be biased. And I'm not going to call my rankings or my favorites the uh, ultimate hierarchy. But I think I think my rankings are are pretty good overall, and. I think Elf is my number one. I think it's think it's I think it's I think it's there for me. It's because Christmas movies is a weird thing. Normally, I would grade any movie about kind of like I guess the art itself and be more caring about the movie and if it's good or bad. But I think I give more leeway in Christmas movies and because it touches more of a special place in my heart compared to, I mean, obviously movies do, but I'm more critical of other movies and, and Christmas movies. I, I think I, I'm kind of writing them of like ones that I continually watch over and over again. I say elf because I watch it every year probably. And it's probably a little cliche because a lot of people do that, but I, I would say elf is my favorite. I'd have to, I'd have to disagree with you on that only because this is awful. I'm a huge Christmas <laughs> person. I, I, I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite. It's my favorite holiday out of the year. Um, I've actually never watched Elf. Oh um, wow! It's an awful thing to say. Um, <laughs> I've seen like bits and pieces of it, but I've never actually full, like watched the movie full like full through one time. Oh, I'll have to do it now because everyone because that's just an awful thing to say. But yeah, I've never seen Elf fully through, so I can't can't accurately make a review on it. I would have to say I'd have to go to an all-time classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I remember watching that as a kid, and I'm like, this is one of my favorite. This is my favorite. Um, if I think, yeah, it would be either Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or uh, Santa Claus Came to Town. Those two are like our classics in my family. We used to watch them at least five or six times over the, over the Christmas holiday, over the holiday. Yeah. I'd have to, I would have to say those are my top two, but I think Rain, uh, Rudolph definitely takes the cake as my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Those, those are some, some classics. I also like the Polar Express is weird. Cause I feel like I've watched it so many times, but I'm not sure I even enjoy it that much. I feel like it's just on, on cable and it just, 
I know we don't watch cable as much anymore, but when it was when he actually didn't have as many streaming services, I sit in the living room and watch cable television with my parents. And it was, I don't know. I, I always find myself being drawn into it, even though I don't feel like I like it that much. And then Jack Frost, which is a weird one. I, I enjoyed that movie as well. I'd have to, I, I would say Polar Express is definitely my third favorite. Um, it's definitely, you know, it's a classic. Everyone, I mean, that's like my childhood right there. I came out uh, early 2000s, if I'm, if I'm being, if I'm right there. But yeah, that's a classic. I saw that when I was younger and that's always been a favorite of mine. I would have to also say probably Frosty the Snowman. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's again, that's like a very like, you know, childhood movie that I, that I grew up watching time and time again. I can agree with you on the movies thing with your reviewing. Like I was watching Home Alone. I watched Home Alone 1 yes, last night and Home Alone 2 today. And, you know, I mean, we can get into like the review part of that, but I kind of agree. Like I give more leeway to like Christmas movies because mm-hmm. that holds such a special part in my heart as well. Uh, so I would have to say I'd, you know, be a little bit more lenient with how I review those movies because, you know, sometimes it's, you know, very funny and maybe not like, you know, the best acting in the world, but it, you know, there's a special significance that, you know, not a lot of other movies have. Um, so I'd have to, I would have to say I'd give more leniency to a movie, a Christmas movie over, you know, an action movie or a comedy movie. I think that's completely true because Home Alone is a bunch of slapstick humor and i don't actually like that humor that much but it's weird because i enjoy it in home alone and home alone too uh, not the other ones as much those are kind of they're interesting and not i would if you haven't seen them i don't think it's 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 worth your time to watch them but we, we don't need to shame those movies but the original two when i was re-watching them i was like man i can't believe that like I love it as much as I do because there is some really cheesy moments, but I, I buy into the cheesiness. I buy into the absurdity and I definitely am okay with a lot of, a lot of the things that happen. I am willing to, you know, throw out my disbelief and just, just go with it, which I think I do that in pretty much all Christmas movies and, and buy into them. But do you have Home Alone like in your top five at all? Or top ten? Is it like a classic for you, or is it? I would, or, yeah, I would have to, it? I would have to say it was a class. I would say Home Alone one is definitely a classic because that when that came out, I mean that's just like, it's just an instant classic. I mean it's again it's twenty, 20 or thirty years later now, geez. Uh but yeah, no, I'd have to say that's definitely my, in my top five. Home Alone two, I feel like. It, it kind of loses its like original kind of, you know, just it, it's not as good as the original to put it bluntly. I would have to put it maybe in like my top 10, maybe at like the nine or 10 spot, but definitely my top 15 movies of all time. Home Alone 1 is just, it's just a classic. Again, it's slapstick humor. You know, when I rewatched it last night, I'm like, how did I like this? Like, why did I love this so much as a kid? It just didn't really... Like I was kind of like, this is like a lot of this humor. I'm like, why did I laugh at this? Like when I was younger, but there's still parts of the movie where I was like, you know what? That's actually like kind of funny. Like I appreciate, again, 
giving more leniency to a Christmas movie, you like Frosty the Snowman, like Home Alone, you kind of give that, you know, the childish aspect of the movie and you kind of accept it because, you know, that's what Christmas is all about. It's all about family. It's about coming together, giving each other gifts and, you know, being together at, you know, one of the best times of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to say Home Alone 1 definitely is the better Home Alone, though. No question. I completely agree. Home Alone is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I think I might be willing to go top three, actually, but I'm not sure. I didn't sit down and actually kind of like, like put a number, like a 10 top 10 list, but I I did try to think through it. Like where, what are my favorites, but Home Alone is definitely up there. And the weird thing about Home Alone 2 is it's not that I dislike it, but it doesn't match the par of Home Alone, even though it's it's actually a pretty good sequel, to be completely honest. Like, it could be awful, and I could could hate it, but it hits some of the same beats, and it changes some things up enough that I am fine with re-watching it. And I, I like both of them. Home Alone's better, but Home Alone 2 is still a good part of the series. Another no, part of the, to, yeah. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, no, uh, Home Alone 2, it's a great movie. Like you said, it's a good sequel, and I can agree with that. It's a very, you know, a lot of the stuff that they hit on in the first movie, they hit on in the second movie. And, you know, sometimes maybe that's not like the greatest idea um, in normal movies, but in a Christmas movie, I feel like that kind of, you know, keeps kind of like that same, I don't know, it just keeps people interested, basically. It keeps people, you know, remembering the original movie. However, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't again. Home Alone is a cla- is a classic. Home Alone two. You know, there's parts of it that I'm like, I'm not really interested in this. Like, it's not really that interesting. And some parts of it, I'm like, oh, this is actually, you know, like, funny. This is interesting. You know, I actually like this. Uh, so yeah, I'd have to say that Home Alone two is definitely a good sequel, but I would not say it has the same um, kind of just interest that I had for the original. Mm-hmm. They're going to eventually come out with a another Home Alone. They have five, if people don't know. Uh, I actually watched the third one again. It's pretty bad, but I, I couldn't sit through the fourth and fifth. I don't, I don't know where I would rank those on uh, completely bad levels, but they're all, all not very good. But this one's going to go to Disney Plus, I believe, and be modern in a way are you excited about it all i i find myself i guess anxiously excited i i'm scared they're gonna mess it up but i mean they've messed it up before so i don't think it's gonna make me mad that they mess it up i feel it's very hard in any movie it is very hard to maintain you know a long-running you know movie series star wars we saw it the first six movies fantastic i'm a huge star wars person it's one of my it's I think it's easily my favorite movie series and movie of all time, Return of the Jedi. Uh, but I'd have to say it's again, it's very hard to do that. Star Wars does it, you know, decently well throughout the first six. The last three, I'm kind of iffy on, you know, the Fast and Furious movies. Again, those kind of get, you know, a little iffy at the end. With Home Alone, you know, movies kind of lose its lust, its zeal at the end of. You know, even after the first movie, we saw it wasn't, again, I would say that Home Alone 2 is my top 15, whereas the original was a top five movie. Uh, so I'd have to 
say it. I don't know. I don't know how excited I am about the next. I haven't seen Home Alone three or four. Probably not missing much from what I'm hearing from you. And I mean, I re, I looked into Home Alone five, and it doesn't. It like it has a different storyline, I guess, than the original. You know, Home Alone. But I just feel like there's a certain point when you have to just say we can't keep doing these movies over and over again because it's just going to keep damaging the original the original Home Alone and Home Alone 2's, you know, kind of legacy, I guess. Yeah, it, it definitely will. I, I think this next one coming up on Disney Plus will probably be more in the forefront. I think the other three people have just forgotten about to be completely honest i think when even when i think of home loan i just think of the first two but i think this one they'll they'll try to maybe get another hit but it's going to be difficult because it's going to feel like a remake because it is a remake and we'll just have to see but let's talk more about the original two home alones and some favorite scenes i think a classic scene for me is just when he or it's kind of realizing or he thinks that he's made his family disappear and he's saying i made my family disappear i made my family disappear kevin you're completely helpless no kevin you're what the french call les incompetents kevin i'm going to feed you to my tarantula kevin you are such a disease there are 15 people in this house and you're the only one who has to make trouble Look what you did, you little jerk. I made my family disappear. The excitement and joy of realizing what all he can do, the things he tries to do at home is, it's kind of fun just to think, what would I do around the seven-ish age, seven to 10 year old age, if my family completely disappeared I don't think I'd be anywhere as competent as him if there were robbers. Obviously, that's something we have to suspend our disbelief on. But I mean, he he has some he has some fun, and I think it's enjoyable to theorize what would you do in those situations. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. It's definitely you you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit because you know this kid this kid couldn't even pack his own bag to Paris, so you kind of had to you know hold back that like you know, how is he doing all this? Like, it really doesn't make sense. But I would have to say, I mean, at that age, I I don't even know what I'd be doing. I'd probably just be running all over the house, eating food, just doing stuff that my parents wouldn't want me to do at that age. But no, that was definitely, I would have to agree with that would be definitely a favorite of mine. I would also have to say, you know, whenever he ran into um, old man Marley's, those scenes were always definitely very funny uh i i enjoyed i enjoyed or only mario lee's character definitely when i'd have to say when him and kevin were in the church and they were um watching marley's granddaughter um saying it was definitely one of the most heartwarming moments in a movie i've seen in a very long time again 
you see this kind of evil, like e portrayed as an evil character throughout majority of the movie. And then when they actually get to meet him, they realize, oh, wow, he's actually like, you know, a nice guy, like a genuinely nice person who means no harm and, you know, kind of has been put in a bad situation. Obviously, they didn't like him. Marley and his um, son didn't talk for years and years and he couldn't see his granddaughter. And we obviously get that reunion at the end of the movie, which is heartwarming. I would have to say that would be my favorite scene. I would have, I would also have to say um, when Kevin's mom is definitely like on the plane and she just screams out, she's like, Kevin. What's the matter? Honey? I've a terrible feeling. About what? That we didn't do something. Ah, now you feel that way because we left in such a hurry. We took care of everything. Believe me, we did. Did I turn off the coffee? No. I did. Did you lock up? Yeah. Did you close the garage? That's it. I forgot to close the garage, that's it. No, that's not it. What else could we be forgetting? Kevin! That is a classic. That's, if there is one moment from Home Alone, I would have to say that is my just like an instant reminder, like, oh God, that's that's the moment I remember. How do you like the finding out Kevin is gone in the second one? Does it kind of match to that first one or is it not on that level for you? I don't, I feel like it's, I really don't. I honestly don't think it has that, again, Home Alone, that moment alone is just an instant. Anybody that knows Home Alone, like at least decently well, will remember that moment as, you know, a top three moment or just in general, if they're trying to remember it, it's going to be the one they remember. With Home Alone 2, I feel like it kind of just, it, it's not as good as the original. Kind of just, you know, it's an iconic moment, but once you do something over and over again, it kind of loses its original lust. Uh, and we see it with that second movie. So I don't think the what they did in the second movie was as good as the first one. I don't think anything is ever as good as the original. It's very, very hard to do better. Some of my favorite moments that I, people's favorite moments, favorite scenes is obviously Marv and Harry trying to enter the house at any point or getting outsmarted by Kevin. And but some of my favorite would be the tarantula on Marv and him freaking out and screaming and then hitting Harry with I, be, I believe it's like a golf club or something like that. And the hilarious oh, the crow, that, oh yes. yeah, crowbar. And he's just telling him to stay still, and it's just a classic moment. And it's it's one of those things that speaks to home alone where it's like you know it's coming, even on the first watch, the humor you like you can easily see like the joke where the joke is going to happen, which is really weird that it lands and continually lands and that people are okay with it. And honestly that I'm okay with it. Cause sometimes when you can see where the joke is going, you're like, ah, oh, well that, that kind of bums me out. But home alone has that, I guess you'd call it like charisma or likability 
that you're just kind of okay with those situations. What are you doing, Marv? Mary, don't move. Marv? Don't move. Marv, what are you doing? Also, in the second one, bricks on the roof, when he's chucking down bricks on Marvin here, and it keep, continually hits Marv is one of the uh, is is very hilarious to me. No, I'd have to agree with that. The bricks hitting Marv, I mean, that's just like I watched that today, and I'm like, there's no like I I haven't seen this movie in you know a couple of years. I kind of forgot like you know some of the moments of the movie. It was definitely very funny for me. I definitely kept laughing. I'm like, how did he keep hitting him? And he's just not completely like knocked out. And again, you have, kind of have to suspend that disbelief because a lot of the stuff that happens, you know, when Kevin's fighting off Harry and Marvin, the first movie and the second movie, you're kind of like, there's no way they shouldn't be just like <laughs> dead or just like completely like in- incapacitated. So you do have to suspend that disbelief, but it, it slaps the humor and it's very funny I also have to say, you know, kind of um, when Ke- when Kevin's watching that um, old black and white movie, Angels, oh my God, Angels with Filthy Souls in the first one and Angels with even more Filthy Souls in the second one, just an iconic scene in both movies. I'd have to say both of them were equally well done. Mary, oh God, my, what, I'd have to say my favorite quote from Home Alone would have to be Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> That's just an iconic line. And again, if you had to remember one line or one quote from that movie, that's that's going to be the line that a lot of people remember. And it's very funny. It's very just simple, clear cut. It's a great line. I, I forgot that that movie was not an actual movie and it was just fake. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I'm pretty sure about that. I actually don't. That's off to check that one after this podcast, but I'm pretty sure. I, I think that right, movie's. Though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that movie's like fit. It was made for the movie. If it was an actual movie, I feel like that'd be very funny. I would actually be very <laughs> interested to watch that movie. Home Alone, there's just so many movie or so many parts of the movie that are just very funny for no, like, again, no reason at all you kind of know like you said you see a lot of these jokes before they're about to happen and you accept it and i think that's something that you don't see in a lot of other movies like you noted if i saw that in another movie i just would kind of turn off the movie i'd just be like that's that's not really good directing or that's not really good acting when a christmas movie it's funny it's genuinely funny and Christmas movies are made for the intention of everyone sitting around the fire, sitting around in front of the TV and genuinely laughing and being together. And that's what these movies do. And you kind of have to suspend, you know, what you think as a movie reviewer with other movies, you have to suspend that when you're watching Christmas movies. Cause you, there's a purpose behind why they make these movies it's to make people laugh, it's to make people entertained and, you know, bring about a family aspect to it. I have some random thoughts about the the movie and one was about the 90s i jokingly claim that i'm a 90s kid even though i was i was born in 99 not really 90 kid didn't it uh really early 2000s early 2000s yeah really a 2000s kid but 
I claim I'm a 90s kid just to annoy 90s kids, even though I only lived like five months in the 90s. But exactly something about the 90s, at least Buzz's room is, is there's like kind of like Playboy posters, basically. And right. I really need to ask my brother because he was born in the early 90s, because that just seems mm-hmm. odd to me. It seems weird that a family would allow that. I'm not sure if that's just my own family. I don't remember that kind of stuff being in my family, like my brother's room. But I, I thought that was funny that I feel like you don't see that anymore. Or at least houses I, I went around. I, I don't know if that was like a 90s thing, maybe an 80s kids thing where you had like girls in bikinis as on your wall which i don't know maybe maybe it's a thing maybe i'm sheltered no i i'd have to agree with that no you definitely see that in a lot of like 80s 90s movies you see like the playboy model like playboy models up on the walls the posters and we have to remember like but that was locked in buzz's thing and it's i mean you kind of have to suggest that maybe like his parents really didn't want to know what was in that box i definitely have not seen i haven't seen anything like that um before in real life but you don't de- i have noticed that before mm. where and the posters on the walls or just like playboy like magazines i haven't seen a, i don't think i've ever actually seen a playboy like physical magazine in my life so again i'd have to say that was a long long time ago uh i would say my random thought of this movie is whatever the mccall like whatever mr and mrs mrs mccallister do for a living <laughs> i want their jobs they are loaded Okay, we have to remember Home Alone 1. This house is massive. It's a massive house. That, that there's, it's the actual house in real life sold for like two and a half million in 2011. So it's a very expensive house. At least five, six, seven kids, if I'm not mistaken. And they all went to private school. We all saw that in the second movie. They all went to St. Gerard's, they, which I'm guessing is going to be a private school. So, you know, they have to pay tuition. So again, whatever the McAllisters do for a living, I would love to have their job. They have to, they just have to be loaded in some way or another. Uh, I'd have to also have to say my random thought is why did it take so long to get to Kevin? We saw in the first movie, you know, Kevin got left at home and they obviously went over the friends. I kind of like understand like Christmas time. It's very hard to get flights anywhere. I've had personal experiences where it's very hard to get you know, decently affordable flights anywhere. I can suspect, I can understand why it was very hard to get a flight direct or at least close to direct from Paris all the way to Chicago. That's understandable. However, the second movie, it kind of lost me because I'm like, it took them, you know, I guess like two, three, four days to get back from Miami to Chicago. Now, both of those airports are very big kind of confuses me how there wasn't like a very like easy like quick direct flight or at least close to milwaukee or somewhere like that so i kind of was like that's that doesn't really seem realistic uh yeah i would have to say like again you have to suspend your disbelief your disbelief and your reviewing skills for a lot of movies you see for a christmas movie i don't know if you had any other random thoughts yeah it's very weird that they don't seem like they have many friends to go check on kevin and because I, it just seems weird that I guess people weren't home or whatnot, but I feel like there's got to be someone close to be able to go check on Kevin. And then also, I guess when she's talking to the law enforcement, which they're pretty chillaxed and don't care, she doesn't really explain that it's like the kid's not to, 
meant to be left alone or how young he is because they kind of seem like oh he's fine he's probably a teenager like who really cares that he's home alone she doesn't i don't think she explains the situation very well and i understand she's frantic i would be right pretty mm-hmm. pretty freaked out if i was across in a different country and my son seven-year-old was was left alone but that, that is kind of weird I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, I'd kind of be, I'd definitely be frantic, but I really don't think she explained, you know, again, this kid was seven years old, really didn't like, again, it was kind of hypocritical. Again, he didn't know how to pack his bag, which, you know, it's a very basic thing that even I learned at a very, like eight or nine, 10 years old. Like I learned, all right, this is what I need, like for the weekend or vacation. I feel like it's kind of basic. And then he pulls off, you know, all the stunts that he did, you know, like going to a grocery store, buying stuff for himself that like, he know, like he knew what he would need for the refrigerator or just in general fighting off, you know, two adult robbers who, I mean, I'm going to say they probably don't have a very high IQ because uh, they're very, I don't know how they got played by a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old. So you have, again, suspending that disbelief that we talked about before, you kind of have to, you know, accept things for how they are. But there's definitely some parts of it where I'm like, there's no way that should have made it through like even the first or second round of editing. Cause like that just doesn't make any sense that he could not even pack his own bag, but then use his debit card to go to the grocery store by himself, buy stuff all by himself. Also get away from a cop when he robbed, like technically robbed a candy or the pharmacy, like uh, yeah. the candy store, candy store pharmacy. It's very confusing. So there's again, it's very confusing. It's definitely some parts of it hypocritical, but it's a Christmas movie. That's kind of, that's what a lot of Christmas movies are like. My last thought is that the wet bandits, that's pretty awful of Marv to leave on the, uh, the sink like that because flooding a house would be awful. Like the amount of water damage would, would suck. Like, I think that would be worse than whatever they stole from some of those houses, because that is, has to be tons of money. I remember one time we came home, from a trip and I think some reason the the toilet ended up something broke and it flooded my parents like master uh bathroom in in their bedroom and we had completely fixed that and that was you know a good amount of money to completely redo that when you're not expecting so the wet bandits is not the uh the nicest thing to leave behind it's a funny moment that he calls them the wet bandits but I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I was going to say that's kind of a weird calling card to have. (laughs) Yeah. Because he did that. They did that to every house. And, you know, a lot of those gifts probably, I mean, we saw it in some panoramic shots throughout like the first, um, throughout the first movie. A lot of the houses next to the McAllister's house, it's also equally as nice or, you know, maybe a little bit like, I guess, less, like less expensive than that house. It's still very nice. I'd have to agree with that. Water damage is just awful. And I mean, I can say from personal experience, we live next to a Creek that, you know, a lot of the houses right next to the Creek, when it floods, it floods and it's awful damage. I know we've ha- definitely had to help our neighbors out when it flooded, but water damage is something else. So I really can't say that again, leaving behind your calling card as flooding people's houses kind of it's just not a, it's, it's just bad. Like, I don't know why people, I don't know why you would do that. It's a weird, weird thing to do. 
All right, I have some character questions for you. Mm-hmm. Who do you like more, Marv or Harry? Who do you think is like the better Ooh. robber? That's a good, honestly, that's a good question. I'd have to say Marv. I'd have to say Marv only because his was more, his characters was just straight slapstick. Straight slapstick comedy is very, I mean, we saw it in a lot of the prank, a lot of the, like the pranks that they did in the first movie and the second movie we know based around Marv. The entire basement in Home Alone 2 was Marv. I don't think Harry went down there once for more than five seconds other than getting like thrown down there by whatever contra- contraption that Kevin built. I would have to say Marv would definitely be my favorite, would be my, you know, more favorite character over Harry, just because I feel like Harry's character, Joe Pesci was a great, did a great job in both movies, but Marv was just, it was definitely my favorite. Um, Definitely a good character. Well, um, good acting job by Daniel Stern, who I don't know any other movies that he acted in, but, you know, it's a pretty memorable movie. So he definitely, it was definitely a good, job by both of them but harry or not harry marv was definitely my favorite peter mccallister or kate mccallister do you think's the worst parent in this situation oh my god uh peter i'd have to say peter only because like peter i feel like he was just like oh it's fine like he'll be okay and you see kate she's like freaking out she's like oh my god like we need to get home to my like we need to get home to kevin she's the one that stayed in the airport like that whole time in in the first movie when they were staying like trying to find a standby she drove in the back of a van with a polka band if i'm not if i'm not mistaken in the um with john candy i'd have to say that she was probably you know even though they both left their kid in a different country I'd have to say Peter is definitely the worst parent because it didn't seem like he cared as much or, you know, he thought like, oh, Kevin will be fine. Like, he's okay. He's only seven. We can move on to two truths and a lie. Same as every episode. I give three statements, quotes, random facts, and we actually have a theories section, which is different than normal. We normally have like an episode title, but it doesn't really apply to a, a movie. I think you'd do pretty well hopefully i think i've got some hard ones i think the theory section will be difficult but hopefully you can guess these lies let's start with the theories and these are internet theories about home alone okay option a is peter McAllister is a mob boss option b is harry and marv are christmas spirits and then option C is Kevin becomes a robber in the future. And one of them is not a well-known theory on the internet. Because one I came up with, it could be a theory, but I did not see it on the internet. So Okay. I'd have to say the mob boss theory. I feel like that's why I feel like I haven't heard that one before, but that seems like something that is you know, definitely talked about a lot. So I'd have to say that one was true. The Christmas spirits one. Man, that's a tough one. I feel like that's, it could be false, but also at the same time, that could be true. Uh, With Kevin becoming a robber. I don't think that's true. I don't really, I don't see it. Maybe he won't become like 
I don't think he'll become a robber, but he definitely won't be like, I don't think he'll be, you know, too high, I guess, if, if you want to say he won't be like an upper class, I guess, or something like, something like that. He won't be like, I don't know. I don't think that theory is, I don't think the Kevin becoming a robber theory is true. I'd have to say the first two were definitely true. Right. So you're guessing the Kevin one is the lie. I'm guessing the Kevin one is the lie. Yeah. Is he right? You are. You are Patrick. You got it right. Let's go. So that's one for right. one. And uh, there's a there's a Kevin theory out there that he actually becomes the like jigsaw jigsaw killer in the future and like saw movies because he's okay with pain and torturing Marv and Harry to an extent. So there's a weird dark theory about that in the future that he's kind of like a serial killer basically but yeah the robber oh one God. i did not see on the internet so that was, honestly yeah. doesn't sound mm, oh no you just started a theory <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't i've never seen the jake salt movies but i like i know what like what the premise of the movie or movies are that doesn't sound like enough that doesn't sound you know completely far-fetched yeah all of them were kind of realistic the ones i was seeing i was like i kind of i kind of believe in this like the the mob boss thing i mean they have tons of money so people you know speculate things we can move. i would say i would say businessman if anything maybe like an executive or something yeah. like that the mob boss theory i don't know it didn't seem like he was you know i guess when you think mob boss you kind of think like italian like italian like kind of bigger I don't really see him as like a mob boss, I guess, but I see kind of where it could come from. Next section, next round is quotes. And one of them is kind of like a, a half truth in a way, because it's, yeah, it's a half truth. First quote is from Kate and it is, there are 12 people in this house and you're the only one who has to make trouble. The second quote is from Uncle Frank. It is, look what you did, you little jerk. And then the third quote is from Kevin. And it is, has this toothbrush been approved by the American Dental Association? The second one's true. I'm going to say it's true. That sounds like something Uncle Frank would say. Uh, why do I think the third one sounds true? Oh man. I'm going to say that's false. Cause I feel, <laughs> I don't feel like Kevin knows the American dental association is it wouldn't be too, completely far-fetched with what he does during the movie, but I'm going to say it's probably a false. And I would have to say the first one was probably true. Is Ooh, he right? Wait. Oh. wait. Yeah, now I'm going to say the first and second were true. The third one was false. Is he right? You're wrong, Patrick. I'm sorry. You The, the first one is, I, I barely changed it. Kind of a jerk move by me. 14? There's 15 people is the quote, not 12. I, I try to make it a little bit smaller where you'd be like, is there more than... More than 12, 12 seems small. I didn't want to say like seven because it'd be very obvious. So I very obvious, yeah. Semi-difficult, but yeah. So he does end up asking the lady if it's approved by the American Dental Association. He brings over like the manager, I believe, and they don't. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you, I remember, why does it matter? So I remember that movie. I remember that part of the movie, yeah. 
final section round is random facts about the franchise. Macaulay Culkin wasn't the only Culkin to appear in Home Alone. Second random fact is Macaulay Culkin wasn't the first choice to be cast as Kevin McAllister. Then the third random fact is all of Home Alone, the first one, was shot in Chicago. I'd have to say, I know the first one's true because I did I checked the cast list and it's his younger brother. So obviously Macaulay Culkin is Kevin McAllister. Mm-hmm. We all know that. His younger brother, Kieran Culkin, is Fuller in both of yeah. the movies. So that's true. The second one, uh, repeat the second one again. Macaulay Culkin wasn't the first choice to be cast as Kevin McAllister. And then the third one is All of Home Alone. The first one was shot in Chicago. Because obviously the second one was shot in New York. So Right. Um, I'd have to say... I'd have to say the second one is false. Macaulay Culkin was the first choice. The third one was true it was shot in it was shot in new york just different the airport scenes were shot in different terminals is he right he is you went two for three patrick that was pretty good pretty good solid all right yeah it was yeah he was he was the first choice i believe they uh auditioned a lot of people just to see but he was the the people the the actor they were they were going for so mm-hmm. There it is, two truths and a lie. You did pretty well, Patrick. So far, I believe our worst score is a one for three, but uh, we've had two for three, three for threes. So it's, we haven't, had, no one struck out completely. So, which maybe it'll happen. Maybe I'll be able to uh, get someone to miss them all. Maybe, but maybe. Let's move on to the draft. We're doing a basketball draft for the characters of home alone and home alone two we're not including the the other three even though it'd probably make our jobs a little bit easier but i didn't want to have to go remember all those characters and figure out my reasonings to draft them on my basketball team it's five players and a coach as always and we can't draft the same people because that's no fun and it makes it less challenging so patrick Mm -hmm. you're up first who is number one overall in these Christmas movie classics, Home Alone and Home Alone 2. I'm going to have to take Buzz. Buzz right. would definitely be a good power forward or center. I'd have to say he'd definitely be very physical, so I'd have to take Buzz. He would be a bully in the paint, I think, for sure. Strong. He would. He definitely seems like someone that got recruited to play basketball as a center. And... One thing I was thinking about about Buzz was I think he'd be good in media sessions because I think it's Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, where he uh, kind of basically fibs about after the play and uh, convinces family that he's he's a very apologetic and stuff like that. So even if he did something off on the court or off the court, I think he'd be good at handling the media, which is kind of a plus if you're looking at a general manager side. Even though he would be a jerk sometimes, I think he would put on the good face and be smooth. Uh, I think I'd have be, to agree with that. You think he'd be yeah. liked by teammates? Definitely that like kind of person that would be like, you know, definitely 
a hard nose or not a hard nose or definitely physical, very tough. Someone that a lot of people, I guess, like, I, I mean, coming from Philly, he would definitely be loved in Philly. Um, it's kind of <laughs> that blue collar, physical, you know, tough guy that, you know, Philadelphians love so much. He, do, he does seem like he would kind of fit one of those roles. All right. took You took Buzz. I think I'm just going to go with the, the main character. I'm going to go with Kevin McAllister. He's smart. I think he'd be secretly good. Maybe not your number one option on my team. I think I have a number one option later. But uh, I honestly am not sure what position I would put him in. But I think he would be good in ISO. I think he's good as like a, you know, you get him some touches, put him in ISO. He, he fares very well when he's alone and that's he's, he's very, able to handle the yeah. double team. And I, I think uh, he would also be good on defense. So, which, cause he's that's able, a, that's to, a solid review. Yeah. To protect his <laughs> uh, household and survive in New York. I, I mean, it might not translate to basketball. Probably not. Probably, probably not, but that's a, I mean, that's a valid, like, you know, he definitely, I mean, again, defense, obviously protecting mm-hmm. his home, thrives when he's alone obviously he got left alone two times by his family which still puzzles me i'd have to yeah i'd have to say kevin would be like my number would be at like the one or the two uh, i think he'd definitely thrive at like point guard or shooting guard i'm not the thing i'm just not sure how much he'd be liked by teammates so that's kind of why i'm scared about putting him at point guard just because it seems like even though he shouldn't be that hated he seems like he's not always loved by his family so i don't really know but who's going to be your second pick patrick Oh, my second pick. I'm going to have to go Peter McAllister. I feel like he kind of had that like kind of vibe about him that he'd be, you know, he played basketball back in the day. He definitely would be the person that kind of like, you know, bragged about playing like high school basketball or maybe even some college basketball. I'd have to, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I would like him to be on my team. Definitely seems like he's got a good three point shot. Definitely very, I wouldn't say, I would say more like a more offensive person. So I'd say maybe more like a James Harden where he doesn't really play defense. He's not really real. He's kind of lazy on defense. Um, And I guess you kind of say he was kind of lazy with trying to get Kevin back. His mom was obviously more tough about trying to get Kevin back and kind of more energized. So I'd have to say he wouldn't be good on defense, but he would be definitely very good on offense. He would definitely be someone you would want to have you know, late in the game or when you need like a clutch shot. So I'd have to say Peter's dad. Yeah, I think he's got a good jump or, shot. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that. I think he's got a really good jump shot and he is, he's apparently successful with all the money he has. So maybe he's a grinder. Hope maybe he didn't inherit it. Maybe he worked for it. So maybe he's willing maybe to Maybe he worked for it. That's a vet. Yeah. Very, so very real possibility. You never know. There's a good chance that Peter has a good work ethic. For my second pick, I'm going to go with the brains of the operation for the dummies. I'm going to go Harry. He's smarter than Marv. Mm. And yes, he's shorter. Yes, he doesn't make sense. But I think he's willing to play his role. He's willing to do things other people are. I mean, he's willing to dress up as a cop. Uh, and I think my biggest thing with Harry and Marv, and this applies to Marv, is they're, they're going to play through injuries. Something you suspend your disbelief is that they're able to keep on getting up. 
but Marv is going to keep on getting up when he's knocked down in the game. And I think that is something I really enjoy. And I, he might not be the best offensive player, but I, I believe that we could teach him to be a good defensive player and be scrappy. I'd agree. That's a solid. Yeah. I'd, I'd say more. would definitely be pretty decent as a defensive player. I wouldn't say offensive. I don't really know. Um, I feel like you definitely have to teach him. I, I wouldn't say it'd be a decent like option off the bench. Maybe like a, maybe like the third or fourth option off the bench. Maybe if you really need, you know, to lock down on defense, I'd say that's solid though. Yeah. For your third pick, Patrick got buzz and Peter thus far. All right. So I got buzz, uh, Peter McAllister. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with the McAllister, another McAllister. I'm going to go Kate McAllister. I'm going to go with her at either the small forward or power forward position. I feel like, again, she seems like they kind of, I wouldn't put it past, I wouldn't put it past it that they may have played basketball together in high school or in college. I feel like she, that would definitely be her sport when she was younger. She seems very tough, very, you know, she wouldn't put up with anything. Um, She'd definitely be good in the paint. Maybe not a good like outside, like, weapon but definitely in the paint or trying to get like a layup i definitely say she'd be a valuable option on defense i feel like she'd be a stout option um around the rim so i'd have to go kate i'd have to go kate miss kate mccallister for my third pick all righty so far i've got kevin and harry i think i wouldn't go with with marv he's a little taller there's a lot of the same reasons for him and harry but i think putting it together is that dynamic duo. They have chemistry already. Hopefully they're better at basketball than robbing. But I, I believe in Marv. He kind of reminds me of maybe some, maybe this offen- offensive to uh, Marshall Plumley. but he reminds me, since I'm a Duke fan of, of Marshall Plumley, a little bit awkward sometimes. And but again, he plays through injuries. I think that's what you need. Someone that's willing to, to fight hard and probably not the most athletic basketball game in the world. And also, I think he knows his position. He's He understands his role because he's willing to be under Harry and kind of understand that he's the number two guy in that relationship. And I think he'll understand where he fits in with uh, with the team, which I which you need. So I'd have to agree with that. Marv would definitely be a good good option. Your fourth pick. You've got two more player players to pick. All right, so we got Buzz, we got Peter McAllister, we got Kate McAllister for my third pick. Ooh, I'm going to have to go uh, Gus Polinski, who was played by John Candy in the movie. Oh, man, I was, I was going to try to take him too. I, I He was definitely my sleeper. I was, I was actually nervous that you were going to know if you were going to take him or not, so I'm glad I got him before you. Yeah, I would say it was a bigger dude. Uh, I guess I'm kind of going more physical, big ball with my with my team, but he would be a solid option. Uh, probably not a high basketball IQ, so you kind of he'd be kind of rough around the edges on offense and defense. But you know, if you put him with, uh, if you want to put him with K- if Kate McAllister at the four and the five, it'd be a pretty stout, you know, twin towers. I would definitely have to say, and you'd put Buzz at the three. You know, you'd have to put Peter McAllister at um the two or the one so i'd have to say that'd be a pretty solid starting lineup so yeah i'd have to say uh gus polinski would definitely be a solid option 
I like it. I think he would have a good paint presence, good rebounder. Uh, seems like a nice guy. So always picking players. Team lead. Up, but, yeah. I'd have to say team leader. Yeah, good team player as well. Inspirational, definitely. Yeah, that kind of player. For my fourth pick, got Kevin, Harry, and Marv. Mm-hmm. Just kind of an interesting dynamic since they're John. They all hate other. each other. Exactly, Tom and Jerry. But I'm go gonna go with Uncle Frank. Oh man, he's mean. Probably plays dirty. It takes some. Oh, he definitely shots. plays dirty. No question, he plays dirty. But I'm excited. I think we've got our greedy person on my team. Not worried about other people's feelings. Probably, I'm not. I couldn't decide if he would be a ring chaser or he, or if he would chase money. I really didn't know. I don't know if he cares more money. about his legacy or money. I I think money. I think I would say money. Yeah, he definitely seems like the type of person that'd be like, oh, I want the money. Like I'll go over wherever, like you t- wherever you give me the most money. Yeah. Might might run into some foul trouble, but uh, I think he's another person that would have some good smack talk and maybe be able to get in Peter's head, which is something I'll probably need. So it's probably. Do we ever find out? So is Uncle Frank and Aunt Let. Aunt, or Uncle Frank and Aunt Leslie, they're related to Kate McAllister or Peter McAllister. Did we ever? Fi- I feel like did we ever find that out in the movie? I'm not sure. I feel like it's probably a, known on the internet, but I, I yeah, I would say if it was definitely if Peter and Frank were related, they definitely played dirty with each other growing up. Uh, I was gonna pick. I was actually gonna say Uncle Frank would be a solid option. All right, Patrick. Your final spot. You got Buzz, Peter, Kate, and Gus. Ooh. All right. So going with, you know, we have that big ball kind of offense and defense. Oh, man, that's – it's tough, actually. I'd have to go probably Megan, which is Kevin's old oldest oldest sister, if I'm not mistaken. She's very tall. Um, so I feel like that would be a very – you know, she would kind of – I feel like she'd be decent. Definitely wasn't talked about a ton, a ton in the movie. She's kind of a, you know, lesser known character. But from what I noticed, she seemed very kind of tough. Didn't really take anything. I feel like that kind of ran in the family. They didn't really take any like back talk from one another. And she could definitely, you know, talk like talk talk back to other people. You know, kind of get in people's heads. So I feel like she would be a solid option as my fifth pick. I like it. I, I like your team. For my final pick i'm gonna go i was kind of i'm trying to decide both these people don't i believe dumb names it's a, the pizza driver pizza boy or the pigeon lady but i, I think i'm gonna go the pigeon lady i think she i think i really don't have paint presence she seems like someone that could have some paint presence and I'm honestly excited about the pick. It might seem weird, but I think she would be a good role model for a team that's got a bunch of, you know, harsh feelings towards each other. I think she would be able to kind of tie everyone together. At least that's that's my thinking. So that's, like that's, that's gonna a, yeah, that's a that's a solid solid rear view. I'd have to agree with that. I feel like she'd be able to you know kind kind of tie Kevin. And then Marv and Harry together, and you know, they could potentially turn into a very realistic team where they could win. They could win a couple of games. All right, you've got your five. Who's going to coach these people, Patrick? Easy choice, Mister Duncan. 
runs Duncan's toy chest in Home Alone 2. I kind of, I don't know, I kept getting Greg Popovich vibes from him, kind of like a jolly old guy, gray hair. Definitely, you know, can be hard, very inspirational team leader. Um, I'll kind of be, I mean, with Greg Popovich, obviously he's kind of a heart, he's definitely very intense. Whereas Mr. Duncan, I don't know if he can be that intense, but I would bank on his, you know, inspirational um, talking or just overall leadership and kind of just like a nice, like a genuinely nice guy that you want to play for. Uh, so I'd have to say Mr. Duncan would be my pick to be the coach for my team. He was also a, a coach option for me. And I'm going to go Marley for my coach. And she took Duncan. Ooh, and I think old, we're going old today. Yeah, all right. Kind of, yeah. kind of the same reasoning. Crazy old stories. Uh, knows how to get the team motivated. And uh, I think P- the players would buy into his his culture. Seems like he's been around a long time, knows a lot. And I just – I think I like him. He doesn't seem like he would like to talk to the media. And I think uh, the media would probably be scared of him because he seems kind of willing to be uh, off-putting in a way. But there's our teams. Patrick, you went with Buzz, Peter, Kate, Gus, and some reason I didn't write down the the fifth one. Megan. Megan. That's it was Kevin's oldest sister, if I'm not mistaken. And then Duncan as the coach going up against Kevin, Harry, Marv, Uncle Frank, Pigeon Lady, and Marley as my coach. I think those are pretty even squads. I don't, I really don't know who'd win, but who, who's your go-to guy late in the fourth quarter for that game winning shot? I'm going to have to go Peter McAllister. I feel like he'd be, you know, in the clutch when you need him down by three or just, de- or you need that last second shot to put them over. I'd have to put, I'd have to say Peter McAllister would be my, you know, my clutch option. I think my clutch option has got to be uncle Frank. I think he's uh, willing to take the heat, the smoke in those situations and put it on his shoulders, even though maybe he's not the uh, most deserving shoulders. I, I just think he, he's willing to to take the shots other people aren't. So that's why I'm going Uncle Frank. That was fun, Patrick. Home Alone. Yeah. Basketball draft for the Draft Zone Season 2 holiday special. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed being on here today. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And uh, thank you for listening. And hopefully everyone has a safe and happy holiday. 